Selwyn is our guest speaker for this morning. He's the director of multiplication for the Assemblies of God Network, and I also heard through the grapevine that he's just an unbelievable badminton player. So anybody out here thinks they have the guts to challenge him, he'll be sticking around after service, and he'll take all of those challenges. Will you join me in welcoming Selwyn to coming up? I was trying to get my, my skills set hidden, but I guess it is revealed, and uh, I will take any challenges after. Thank you. It is good to be with you this morning, those in person, those online. Um, we are talking about Jesus calming the storm today, and uh, it's kind of fitting, isn't it? You know, I see some of you guys, your faith is intact. You braved the elements, and you came out here. Um, but there can be some terrifying things in our lives, can't there? How many of you have experienced something that was terrifying, whether it was physically, maybe you were facing a challenge or a storm or, or whatever it may be, you've been through something where maybe you even began to question whether God was even aware that you were going through it. It's true that even, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, that there are times in life where it does feel as though Jesus is unaware or maybe he's asleep in the boat, so to speak. I, I remember one such time for my family and I, we were serving as missionaries in the South Pacific in a country called Vanuatu. And Vanuatu was made up of about 83 islands. We were serving on an island called Eromongo, which was um, one of the remotest islands, about 80 miles south of the capital city. And when I say remote, just to give you a bit of an idea, there was no electricity, there was no medical, it was still bamboo huts and some corrugated uh, we were actually living in tents. We cut back the jungle with machetes and put up tents. And so we were remote. And every three, two to three months, we would go back to the main island to resupply. And in doing so, we had a couple of choices on how we would get there. There was a, a village, um, a separate village from where we lived, and it was located uh, quite a distance from us. And in order to get there, you could either hike over a dormant volcano in the jungle with no paths, which was a little bit too treacherous for us, or not quite as bad as that, you could opt to take a boat ride from, from our village uh, around the outskirts that would take two to four hours depending on how bad the seas were. And so we opted for the boat ride. Um, and so we'd get into this boat, and it was, it was about a 17-foot um, much like a skiff that you would see in the ocean day, open, open boat, just, um, just basically low walls, and you're sitting on benches. And uh, on, this, on this one particular trip, the waters were really, really rough. And as we would pull out of our kind of secluded little, little bay and, and, and go around the corner, it was at that point that we would lose kind of visual sight with anybody. There weren't any radios. And so if you got into trouble, you were just on your own. And so the waves would actually roll in towards this island. And on the route that we took, there weren't like white beach sands. It was more like a rock face and a cliff. And beneath that rock face and a the cliff, there was this jagged coral. And so there really wasn't anywhere to go. And so we would come around and these waves would roll in. And when they were really rough, they'd roll in. They would hit these cliffs and basically bounce off the cliffs and come back and then now meet in the middle with other waves rolling in. So you can imagine the turbulence. And so we would take this boat, and on this particular day, it was extremely rough um, and turbulent. And we were actually literally climbing up the waves in this boat and then angling down sideways to go down. You couldn't go directly over, otherwise the bow would kind of go into the, into the, 
the base of the next wave, the wave would just swamp the boat. And so we were just basically just going through this terrifying process of trying to get to this runway. And this runway was a grass runway where the plane would come once a week if, if the grass runway wasn't wet. But, but we were desperate to get there. We needed to get some supplies. We had to go. And it was during this time that, that I just found myself in one of these moments going, God, okay, we're out here. We're serving you. I know you don't promise all this special favor, but we could really use you to show up right now and just calm this storm. This is rough enough anyway without this. Um, and so it was one of these moments where we were just crying out. And, and it literally was, to describe it, is that if you were sitting in your seat, the only way that I could get you to experience this, it would be like me taking a five-gallon bucket of salt water and just consistently throwing it on you for a couple of hours. So the water's swamping the boat. We're bailing. My kids, I had a seven-year-old son who has autism. He's clinging to me. My 10-year-old daughter, she's terrified. My wife, who doesn't swim very well. And so in this moment, I thought, I've got to come up with some plan. So I thought, maybe we can just tie ourselves together. Not sure what that would accomplish, but I just thought maybe if we go in the water, it'll keep us together, and then we'll swim to the cliffs and just get beaten up by the, by the coral. So it really wasn't a good plan, but it was one of these terrifying situations. We would eventually make it, and now some, some years later, I get to talk about it and go, man, God showed up in an amazing way in a terrifying situation. And I got to see his power and his authority over those waves. He didn't, he didn't take them away. He just kept us through them. But we all have experiences and storms in our life, right? I mean, this is such a diverse area of the world, of the country. But the one thing that we have in common is that we're going to go through storms. We're going to go through challenges. These storms could be physical storms. It could be one like what I just described. It could be a health storm. It could be an emotional storm. It could be so many different things. But we are going to face storms and trials in our lives. And I want you to know that you can have peace even in the midst of those I know what it's like to go through many storms. That was just one. We've been through many storms in our lives. But on the island, um, I could be here for three hours telling the stories of waking up with anxiety and sweating and going, God, if you don't show up, we're in trouble. Uh, I know what it's like, and I'm sure you can tell me stories of the same kinds of things, times where, again, you just wish that you could see the visible presence of God. You wish that you could see maybe the manifestation of him just calming everything. Because I don't know about you, but I don't like storms. I just don't. I know God uses them, but I don't like it. Does anybody like them? Good, I'm not the only one. But I want to dive into a passage this morning that, that we all know very well. This passage is actually found in Luke and Matthew and Mark. Um, you guys are going through the, the book of Luke. It's actually found in Luke 8, 8 verses 20 through, 22 through 25. I'm actually going to read the same story, but out of Mark 4, 35 through 41. And so this is what it says. The day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care 
if we drown. Let me just pause here for a moment. I love how, how we get to read this and see exactly what the disciples are, are, are going through. I love that we get to see them question Jesus uh, and, and, and how this all unfolds. And so what do we know about, about these disciples? Well, they were fishermen. These were seasoned fishermen who had fished on the Sea of Galilee probably most of their lives. What we do know about the Sea of Galilee is that it was not uncommon for these violent storms just to suddenly come down, and they would produce waves of sometimes 20 feet. And so although we don't read this in Scripture, I imagine, and I think it's safe to say that, that these disciples, these fishermen, these were normal storms. They were used to these storms. They knew what these storms meant. And so they knew they probably had friends who had lost their lives in storms just like the one they were experiencing. They probably had ships that had gone down because they knew how, because these storms were that dangerous. And so their fear was actually justified. This wasn't something they were just conjuring up. They weren't overreacting because it really wasn't that bad. No, this was a, a justifiable fear from a really dangerous situation. And they knew that. And so in the midst of their fear and their panic, and, 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 and I imagine they're going, well, where's Jesus? And, 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 and there he is asleep. Number one, I don't even know how you sleep in a storm. I can't sleep in a storm in a boat. But he was asleep. And their first response is, do you not even care about what we're going through? I've had moments like that. We can be real, right? Right? I mean, we have moments in our life where are like, God, I am struggling. I am working. Sometimes we're working hard for him in this area. And we feel like, man, do you not even see what's going on? Can you not see the agony? Do you not see the tears? This is so hard. Why? Can you just handle this one? Do we have to go through this? And I feel like this is where they were. Do you not even care if we drown? Let's continue on. Verse 39. It says, He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Luke it says that Jesus asked, where is your faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. That question, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It almost seems like an unfair question, doesn't it? I mean, this was a real scary situation. Their fear was not unjustified. And yet Jesus asked them, where is your faith? Sometimes when we go through our storms in our lives, whatever they may be, whether it's a health score, um, storm or sickness or, or, or challenge, maybe we can kind of feel that, that challenge and that tension between, between faith and fear and that tension and that wrestling and maybe even challenging ourselves, saying, man, why am I so afraid? Where is my faith right now? And having a hard time reconciling the two. The truth is most of us, because we don't like storms, we spend our time praying that the storms will pass us by, don't we? 
And I think that's fair. I, I do too. I don't want to go through a storm if I don't have to. And then it, sometimes in the midst of the storm, what we're praying is that God would just calm the storm because we desperately need him to take the storm from us to actually give us the peace. Like, God, if you could, if you'll only calm the waves, if you'll only take the sickness away, if you'll only bring healing, then I can have peace. And our peace, in essence, what we're saying is our peace will come when you help us avoid the storm, or our peace will come when you take the storm or quiet the storm down. But Jesus' message to us really is, no, I want you to learn something about really who I am and who my authority is, and that you should be able to have peace in the midst of the storm, not because I took it away, not because I helped you avoid it, but because you know who I am. And that can be tough. The disciples, too, just like us, they wanted Jesus to do something. They wanted him just to simply calm the storm. But I want to say this. Anyone can have peace when they avoid storms, right? And anyone can actually have peace if the storm just simply goes away. But Jesus is always in, in the process of stretching us and growing us and expanding us and building us. He loves us too much to leave us the same and leave us where we are. And so part of our journey in Christ is to learn more about him, to learn more about his authority and to experience his authority. And those experiences and the knowledge of his power and authority come actually in the midst of these storms. So who is your God? Who is my God? Well, for one, he's the God that, that spoke this world into existence simply by his voice. That's the authority he, he, he has. He's the, the God that closed the mouths of the lions. And, and I said this first service, too. We often think of Daniel and the lion's den. And maybe in Sunday school, we kind of paint this picture of there's Daniel. He's sitting down. And these lions have turned into kitty cats, and they're just lying around. And maybe he's rubbing their bellies. And, and, and I don't know what it was like, but I... I, I I think it's safe to say, I don't think it was like that. These lions didn't cease to be lions. They didn't cease to be dangerous. They didn't cease to be hungry. It just says that he shut their mouths, that he didn't allow them to eat them. And so I actually imagine Daniel and the lions then with these lions that are hungry, that are trying to devour him the whole time. They just can't get to him. Can you imagine sitting in the lion's den and here comes this lion again and, and it's right here growling and snapping and snarling and you're convinced this time it's going to get me. But it just, it just can't get you and it's trying and it wants to. And, and, and going through that hour after hour after hour. And then you emerge out of the lion's den going, oh my word, I was confident I was not going to make it. There were so many times that I thought, this is the time it's going to get me. But let me tell you who God is, because somehow through that lion's desperate time of trying to destroy me, God did not let him touch me. See, it's that story that, that you come out with and go, that's who my God is. If God turned them into kitty cats, you kind of go, Man, those lions kind of had a bad rap. They really weren't that bad. They just scratched their tummies and they were fine. But God allows us to go through some of these incredibly trying times that we can see his authority, his power. He's the God that kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the flames, the flames didn't stop being fire. They didn't stop being hot. In fact, they actually burned up and killed the people that threw them in. And so maybe they were inside, they could, they could feel the heat, and it felt like they were in fire, but they just simply weren't being burned when they should have been burned. And in the midst of it, God is with them. He didn't keep them from it, but he brought them through it. 
But in the midst of that, they're saying, man, wow, it was so hot. It was crazy. And people were, but it just because of who God is, we did not get burned up. He's the same God who, who took down this fortress of Jericho, this poster child of fortified cities that had never been conquered before. He's the God that parted the seas, raised the dead, and he's our God. And God wants us to understand who he is, to truly understand his authority and his power in the midst of the storms. And when we truly begin to understand who's really in charge and who has authority, then the authority of the storm begins to lose its power. See, what typically happens in our lives is the storms have voices, don't they? Right? A storm comes in, and, it, and it, maybe it's cancer, and it, and it begins to say, man, this is cancer, and, and, and I'm terrifying, and I'm deadly, and I'm, and I'm this. And, and you start thinking about this, or this particular one, and then you start recalling or Googling, and you start seeing how, how this person was taken by this disease, and this person was hurt, and, and maybe you have friends. And, and so as this storm approaches, you start getting fearful because it keeps declaring its authority. It keeps declaring its deadliness and, and how dangerous it is, and you start cowering under the voice of, of cancer, or, or maybe it's waves, literal waves, or maybe it's emotional, or maybe it's business or, or location, or whatever it may be, it starts declaring how strong and how bad and how dangerous it is. And sometimes we don't hear Jesus' voice, or maybe it feels like he's asleep. All we hear is the voice of the storm, and it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger in our minds and our hearts and our fear, and we start cowering to the storm. And start cowering to the voice of, 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 of the storm. And then we start reaching out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, don't you see how terrifying the storm is? Don't you know how dangerous and, and the authority of this storm? And this is actually what's happening with the disciples. Jesus, they're actually alerting Jesus to the authority and the danger of the storm. And Jesus wakes up and he looks at them and says, basically, and I'll paraphrase, who do you really think has authority? Don't you know where authority really is? And then he speaks, and the winds calm down, and the disciples go, man, who is this? In our lives, we start bowing down to the voices of the storm, to the authority of the storm in our lives, and in that, it can almost overpower the authority of Christ the authority of Jesus, and we begin to forget because we're not hearing him. And really what I think God wants us to learn in this situation is to be confident in his power, in his presence, even when you can't feel him, even when you can't hear him, because sometimes he goes quiet in these storms, doesn't he? You're like saying, God, if you just say something to me, it would help so much. Can I tell you how, how, how God's taught me, and it's been a process. It hasn't come just overnight, but I've learned... That, that God's walked me in this avenue. We, we, I didn't say this first service, but God led us years ago to have what we called a miracle cabinet. And we had this curio cabinet in our house. And it was something we heard many years ago from a pastor um, that he had done this. And we loved the idea. And, and so we would put pictures that represented miracles that God had done in our lives in this curio cabinet. Maybe it was a paperwork, maybe it was a photo, maybe it was just something that represented a miracle that we knew what it was. And to the average eye, it would look like a bunch of clutter in a miracle in a cabinet. In, in, the, in, the, in the middle of our living room, you know, this place of honor, it just looked like junk in this curio cabinet. But for us, it wasn't junk. It was, it was, it was these little altars, if you will, of what God had done in our lives that we wouldn't forget. 
And so what God began to teach me to do is, man, when I'm struggling, when the storms are coming in my life, I would go and I would stand in front of this cabinet and I would look at every single thing that we had put down. And as I began to look at these, I began to pray and say, thank you, Lord. And you were here in this tough situation. And one of them is the story of the waves and the boat. And, and, and that would have been in there too, where I go, man, God, you were here and you provided in this situation. And the waves didn't take us down in this situation. And my kids didn't get malaria when they should have in this situation. And, and, and we just go through. And I began to thank God for all the ways that he had shown himself to me. Not because he took the storms away, but because he carried us through them. And as I would stand in front of, of this miracle cabinet, thanking and praising God, his authority and his power would be brought back up to its rightful place in my mind. And as I began to go, man, this is my God, and he calmed this, and this is my God, and he did this, and, and this is my God, man, God is I'm recognizing his story, and his voice begins to scream louder than the voice of the storm. And what happens is that voice of the storm begins to, to shrink in size. Instead of saying, Jesus, have you seen the storm? I actually change and start saying, storm, you haven't met my God. You haven't met my God. And so my faith and my confidence rise up in the midst of the storm. And so actually the storm loses its power. It loses its authority in my life long before it actually loses its presence. Let me say that again. The storm can lose its authority and its power in your life long before it actually loses its presence. Simply because you begin to go, I know who my God is. And that my God has me, should he take me or should he walk me through this? He has me and I will be with him. And so you begin to have peace. And that is how God has begun to help me to navigate through these challenges. And it's not something that just comes instantaneous. Because when the next storm comes, the first the response is, man, the authority of the storm. It's, it, and you're beginning to get fearful. But when I realize I'm going down that track, I have to stop and say, no. Let me go back to who my God is. And in that moment, the storm was confronted with my God. I love what David said to Goliath. Goliath said to, to him, and, and basically, well, what David said to Goliath was, you come against me, and I'm paraphrasing it, with your weapons and all of this. And, and, and he says, but I come against you. And he didn't say with stones and a sling. No, he actually named his weaponry, and it wasn't the stones and the sling. He said, I come against you, the name of Jesus Christ, you know, the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, I come against you. That was his weapon. That's where his confidence was. And we can say the same thing to the storms in our lives. This is who's on our side. This is who is in our boat. Isaiah 26.3 says this, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I believe God can do that for you. I want to ask you this morning, what are the miracles that he's done in your life? And even as I close this out, I want to ask the worship team to come up and just prepare to close this in worship. But typically in a sermon like this, I would ask, what are the storms in your life, right? And we'd list the storms and then we'd just turn around and say, let's pray that God would calm these storms and take them away. But I want to do it differently. I want to ask you, what are the miracles in your life? What are the things not that he's done over time from as well as far ago as, as you can remember? What are those miracles? 
And as you begin, as God begins to bring those back to your mind, I want to encourage you when you go home this afternoon and this next week to actually take post-it notes and write them down. Write down from the smallest things to the biggest things. And then take these post-it notes and you put them on your mirrors in your bathroom and you put them in your living room and you put them on your car. You put them in places that when you get up and you walk through, you're going to see them. And when you see them, you start thanking God for what he has done in your life. And I can promise you, as you begin thanking him for his power and his authority, he's going to not be raised up. He's just going to take his rightful place where he always belongs in your mind. And as you do that, the storms that you are facing that are really scary that are really dangerous, that are overwhelming, they just begin to lose their power. Because you know that Jesus, the same Jesus that spoke this world in existence, that did everything that I listed, the same Jesus that is the reason behind every post-it note that you wrote, that Jesus, whether he's loudly yelling at you, saying, I'm here, or whether you feel like he's quiet or absent or sleeping. His word says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is with you. And because of him and because of his presence, you don't have to fear the storm. And the storm does not have to have authority over you. But you can walk out in perfect peace because you know who holds that storm. And so many times in our life, it's God wanting to take us to another level. It'd be easy for him just to calm the storm. But what's more important to him than calming the storm is to see you grow, is to see me grow in my understanding. Go, man, no, this is my God. I know they're hard. I know they're tough. But God can use them to build you, to strengthen you, and to show you his glory. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I just want to pray over you and I want to encourage you. Even as we close this service down in worship, would you recall those things? Would you go home? Would you praise him now? Can I encourage you even now as we close? Please don't pray that God will take them away. Please don't pray that God will help you avoid them. But pray this. Pray that God will show you how to have peace as you begin to praise him for what he's done in your life. Lord Jesus, we just come before you, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. God, we thank you for your word that says that you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that our emotions and our feelings are often inaccurate, Lord God. And just because we feel like your absence, just because we feel like you're asleep, it doesn't mean that you're unaware, Lord God. But you love us so much, Lord God, that you want to take us to another level with you. And God, I know that these challenges and these storms are are very real in the lives of your people. And I know they're terrifying, Lord God, and I know they're dangerous, Lord God. But God, we know this, that you are so much bigger than they are, Lord God. And God, as these storms have held unhealthy places in our lives, Lord God, we choose this morning to praise you and to worship you and to thank you for all of the things you've done in our lives, Lord God. And God, as your people do that, I pray, Lord Jesus, as you are elevated to your rightful place, that these storms would lose their authority, lose their power, and your people would walk in perfect peace because their hearts are steadfast on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.